Sober in the city, real life, real addiction, real recovery. Call in now from all over the USA, 1-800-SOBER-05. Welcome back. Here's your on-air sponsor, Debbie Strand. This is Sober in the City, brought to you by Believe Treatment Center. Believe Treatment Center understands and treats all forms of addiction. Call now, 1-855-874-2354, or visit believetreatmentcenter.com. Advisors are standing by to tell you how they can help and how your insurance can pay for it. I'm Debbie Strand with Sober in the City, here to tell you about how I got sober and how I'm maintaining my sobriety one day at a time. We're also talking about life issues. We all have them. If you're in recovery, you want to be in recovery. Maybe you need to be in recovery. Maybe you just found a crack pipe in your kid's drawer. We all have to deal with this life one day at a time. And we're here for you. Call us at 800-SOBER-05, 800-SOBER-05. Tell me what's going on in your life, how you're being affected by the disease of addiction. And if you're staying sober, if you need to, if you're not staying sober, let me know that too. Let's see if we can get you some help and maybe talk about some of the issues as to why you're continuing to use. Did you stay sober through the weekend? Call me, 800-SOBER-05, and visit the website at SoberInTheCity.com and listen live on the Sober in the City app for Apple and Android devices. And if you or someone you love needs to get into a detox, rehab, or needs an intervention, call me, 800-SOBER-05. I'm here to help. I saw a post this week on Facebook, a friend reaching out for help. I think he's about three years sober, and this is what his post was. He said, I have been struggling with the things that I cannot change lately. Other people's perceptions of me. People close to me see my true heart, passion, drive, and desire to help others. Some people not so close to me want to invent a darker, selfish side that, quite frankly, no longer exists in me. I know for me that other people's opinions were very important. What I wanted was others to see me the way I saw me. I wanted to be respected, yet I had only been sober for a short time, so it was kind of hard to get that respect because I wasn't yet doing respectful things. It was like I wanted to be rewarded and recognized for not getting drunk, smoking crack, and shooting heroin, but normal people know that you shouldn't do that. Those are just things that you shouldn't do. It's like when I was on Coke and I would lay around my Coke dealer's house all night, all day and, and night, that was my boyfriend, and he would come home, I'd be like, look, I cleaned the house. He's like, you know, you don't work. It's really your only job that you have to do. He didn't want to reward me for doing what I should have done. So anyway, it's kind of like that. And I tried to look good on the outside so that I would get respect. And I tried to have the right friends. I tried to wear the right clothes. I tried to do good work so other people could see it. I wanted to be promoted by others. I wanted to be told by others that I was good, but I don't think I yet believed it myself. And that's where it's got to come from. So I want to talk about how do you change others' perceptions of you? How do you change your own perception of yourself? And how much of it really matters? Call me, 800-SOBER-05, 800-SOBER-05. We've got Brian on the line from Springfield, Oregon. 
Brian, you hear the topic today. What about people, other people's perceptions of you? Do you care what other people think of you? How are you doing with that issue? You know, um, on, on the surface of it, I mean, I'd like to say, yeah, oh, what other people think of me, it's none of my business. I've heard that a lot. You know, if you go to meetings for any length of time, you know, I'm not sure where that particular saying came from, but uh, it, it's, it's something to strive for, certainly. Do I care what other people think about me? Well, I'm a human being. Um, you know, certainly I've, I've got some ego, um, but you know, trying to, trying to get rid of that and trying not to, to care. That's, that's where, that's where I am. Um, you know, certainly I try not to think about it. Um, I mean, I'm in a situation right now where I'm going to school. I haven't been working at a job per se for a little while. And there are times when I think, you know, oh, gee, you know, what do my in-laws think of me? You know, what do other people think of me? And and I try and tell myself, you know, hey, it doesn't really matter. I know I'm doing what what I care about. Um, I'm taking care of people the best I can as far as my immediate family is concerned. And, you know, I really can't think about what other people think of me because ultimately I'm doing what I need to do. How long are you sober, Brian? A little over 25 years. Oh, good Lord. So can you think back to year one and how that felt when you walked in the meeting and, you know, maybe some of the other guys were bigger than you. Maybe they were more outgoing. Maybe they were able to talk with the women. Can you tell us a little bit? So maybe somebody who isn't in recovery can relate to this and see and get some encouragement. I mean, to look at somebody with 25 years and eight years, I say, wow, fabulous. That's terrific. And I hope I live that long. But at when I first came in and I had like two days, it was like, oh, that's that's BS. That's not even real. Just don't even talk to oh, me. Yeah, I mean, you know, it was like somebody with 30 days, you know. So can you think back and share what maybe a newcomer might want to hear? Well, you know, I mean, we were all we were all brand new at one point. And certainly all we think about is ourselves. We're entirely self-absorbed. <laughs> And, and the whole point of, you know, the 12 steps of recovery is to get outside of ourselves, to, to do something for somebody else. And, you know, the, 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 the 12th step is, you know, carrying the message to another, you know, to another person, um, helping them recover and, and not being self-absorbed. So, you know, my, my recommendation to somebody who is brand new, yeah, you're going to be thinking about yourself. I get that. Um, you know, first of all, put down the crack pipe, put down the bottle, find yourself a sponsor. Um, you know, if, if you want to, I mean, that's, that's the next thing is, you know, do you really want to get sober or not? Um, if you want to get sober, this is how I did it was first of all, not using, not drinking today, finding somebody else who's done it before, who's followed the same path, um, who knows the 12 steps and has, has worked them in their life. And then, um, you know, slowly but surely having that psychic change, um, 
you know, having God enter my life that allows me to, uh, to, to be of help to somebody else. Can you remember when you first came in, what were some of those feelings that you had that were concerns about what other people thought of you? Everything. <laughs> Every waking moment of oh, my no. life oh, wow. was, was what do other people think of me? Me, me, me. Yeah, I, 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 me, 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 you know. Was there any uh, one thing, and, was there any one thing that you heard that made that not matter so much to you? No. <laughs> okay, so it was just through you the know, process, uh, which is fine. Yeah, exactly. It's, 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 a, it's a process. It's going through the process. You know, it's, um, you know, first of all, I have absolutely no power over what people think of me. I have absolutely no control over other people, you know, people, places, and things. And, you know, once I, you know, when, when, when I get, when I get hold of that, when I understand that, you know what, um, my in-laws hate me, so what? I don't care. You know, um, it's, it's a nice and comfortable place to be. Now you have some concerns, but obviously you're not consumed like you were when you first started. What do you think the best thing is that a newcomer can try to focus on? Is there an affirmation? Is there some piece of some nugget that you can give them or some slogan that will help them get through? Because I don't think that one of what other people think of me is none of my business. I was like, what do you mean it's not my business? Everything's my business. It's all about me. Is there anything that you can give somebody that would help them get through that? Because that left me with a lot of anxiety, worrying about what other people thought about me. Well, certainly the serenity prayer. I mean, uh, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. That's everything but me. You know, the courage to change the things I can. That's me. And the wisdom to the difference. That's a great one. I love it. I remember one time just walking around going, God, 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 God. I didn't want to think about what I was thinking on. And all I could do was just sit there and just keep saying, and I was doing it out loud too. God, 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 God. Because I did not want to think about what I was thinking on. And I had to just change that thought. And I like the one about move a muscle, change a thought when I start thinking or obsessing about something to get up and do something you know, or do something constructive or do something positive. And I'll catch myself do something for somebody else. Exactly. And that's constructive and positive because it makes you feel better too. That's right. I can't, yeah. I can't think about myself and somebody else at the same time. <laughs> True. Can't <happen>. True. <laughs> I can think of a way to twist it and make it about me though, <laughs> but I'm getting better. <laughs> yeah. True. True. Okay. We're going to go to Kevin. Kevin is on the line from Brooklyn, New York. Kevin, welcome to Sober in the City. Kevin, you hear what we're talking about, other people's perception of us. How are you doing with that issue? How long are you sober? Let me ask you that first. I've got uh, a little uh, under, just another uh, month and a half, two months to go to get six years. Oh, fantastic. Great. Okay, so you're a little bit more in my ballpark than in Brian's. And tell us about that process. Tell us where you're at now with being concerned about others' perceptions of you, how you perceive yourself, and what was that process like since you've been in recovery? Well, I, I mean, I, I think we all have a common thread there. I think Brian touched on it. You have, too. I mean, I was a wreck, you know, when I came in. I spent most of my uh, youth, my adolescence, my adult life seeking 
approval from other people. I spent most of my life living by other people's expectations. Um, now, is that the, you know, the chicken or the egg comes first? You know, it's like I, I want to believe that I was born with the gene. I am, you know, the moment I touched alcohol, that we were off to the races. And I was a very young age. I was great at hiding it. I was great at controlling it. I was all the crap that I convinced myself of, which boils down to pretty much what we're talking about. It's, it's identity. What is my identity? You know, I knew how to be a, a, a roaring drunk, life to the party, idiot that got arrested, you know, trashed all kinds of uh, material objects. But, you know, I didn't know how to live sober. I, I did not know how to be a sober being. And that's an identity crisis, you know, uh, for anyone. So, yeah, I, I was a wreck about all of that because, you know, my foundation was living by other people's expectations before I even found the rooms. So it, it's been a journey. And, you know, I had a great uh, couple of sponsors early on that were really hardcore old timers that, that did not let me pardon my friends bullshit myself. And I think that's a lot of what it comes down to for me is, is my spiritual condition of how honest I am with myself. And to me, that's the greatest gift uh, this program has given me is a process in which I can get to know who I am in an honest fashion, not in a conning fashion or, oh, I need my girlfriend to approve of me because I need affection or, you know, whatever. It's, it's about how... I mean, the irony of it is, for me, is I'm a great isolator. I was a great isolator then. I still try to be now. Um, you know, I'm, I'm fine by myself, so I tell myself. But that's not true. I'm damaged. I need approval. I need other people to love me. I think that's just part of being human. But the, the alcohol and, the, and the, the damage that I had done and the wiring for years and years and years of, of that lifestyle is not just going to, you know, well, for some people, maybe it does. From my experience, you know, it didn't magically go away overnight. Um, I was gifted with, you know, the obsession went away, but now I'm still left with the alcoholic brain. You know, it's like, you know, how do I deal with this? And that's not something a person can do on their own or with their, in my case, you know, I couldn't do it with my old environment either. I tried to drag my relationship into the rooms with me and I was going to fix her. You know, it wasn't me. It was her. So, you know, there had to become an honesty there. You know, do I give up the, even if it's toxic, the uh, acceptance I was given or lack of in a relationship, do I, am I willing to give that up to find out who I am? And that's a scary notion for somebody like me who lives by, you know, the acceptance of others. So, yeah, I can identify, you know, I, every day I think I'm a newcomer on some level or another. You know, there's always another layer of the onion that I peel back and go, oh, my God, I'm a, I'm a, you know, very insecure individual in, in this particular topic or something, you know, triggers a, a past experience from my childhood. And, I ha and now I'm right back at that poor, sniveling little kid that, that feels frightened. But, you know, that's the beauty of the rooms. I'm not alone. You know, I, I could, uh, without the meetings, without getting there, without blurting out something honestly and thinking, oh my God, did I just say that out loud? And then all of a sudden looking around the room and I'm not judged. And then after meeting people coming and talking and identifying and, you know, that that's, it's just a process of rebuilding that psyche. For me, that's how it's been. And I'm so grateful for that. You know, it's like, I've gotten to know who I am and, you know, everything I did when I was out there rip roaring wasn't bad. I had a lot of good times. 
You know, I don't regret everything, and I try to have as few regrets as possible. I did the best I could, you know, where I was in my life. doesn't mean I, you know, get carte blanche and forgiven for everything, but I do have to forgive myself before I can reach that level of acceptance. Because to me, it's about acceptance of myself. Without that, it doesn't matter. You know, if I can't live with who I am, then it really doesn't matter what you think about me, Debbie, or Brian, or anybody else, does it? I mean, I may convince myself it does. I may try to live that way and feed off of that and drain you for a while for my benefit, but it's not real. You know, I have to be able to live with me. And, and to do that, I have to know who I am. And to do that, I have to be honest about what got me to where I am now. And that can be very, very frightening, even to this day. You know, there are moments when I work with my sponsor on the steps and then get out the list and work with a certain situation that I'm, I'm dealing with. It can be really, really hard because I don't want to. I want to kick my feet and scream and say, no, man, I'm, I don't want to have to do that. <laughs> you know, I don't want to change. You know, it's like I, I become an immediate baby. And, you know, luckily I have a loving sponsor who, you know, lets me do that for a moment and then goes, are you done? You know, do you want to get down to this and, and do you want to grow? And, and yes, I do. You know, some days are better than others. Um, you know, this time of year, I can identify with your, your uh, person that posted that so well. Because it's hard. Let's all, I mean, I, don't, I can only speak for myself. Because a lot of the damage I did was with family. And it really does get down to the acceptance. I want back in their good graces, just like this fellow wrote to you. It's like, you know, don't you know how great I am? You know, now? You know, yeah, I know I was a real dirtbag and did some really crappy things, but that was then, this is now, you know. But I have to allow them the chance, you know, to process and deal and gain trust and do all those things. You know, it's not my clock that I, you know, everybody has to work off of. And even for me, it's not. For me, for my personal experience in this, it's God's clock. You know, God's time, all things in God's time. As long as I pursue you know, honestly, that will happen, I believe, as it's supposed to. And so far, so good. You know, it's, it's, um, I really do wish certain things were different with my family, but they're not. I have to accept it for where it is and not the real key for me to getting through a lot of what is, is been talked about, Brian, and what you brought up is not beating myself up over it because I'm a perfectionist. Kevin, do you think that after six years of being sober, if you have family members that are still not accepting of your new way of life, maybe they have a problem? Yeah, I think it, it could be on their side. Absolutely. And trust me, the alcoholic brain in me can get in there and figure them out in a heartbeat and do their inventory and, you know, and, and have everything prescribed for them to do to make me feel better. <laughs> Absolutely. But uh, I, you know, I... Uh, you know, that's not the game, is it? It's, you know, I have, uh, they have the right. You know, it's just like I, uh, I was reading earlier this morning when the reads, you know, it's like, I can get angry at the, at the alcoholic that's in the room sometimes because, you know, well, damn it, dude, why don't you get it? But that's not my business, is it? It's like everybody is entitled to the dignity of their bottom. Absolutely. And that's where they, you get it when you get it. And, and it's not for me to say when they do or when they don't or how. And I have to also translate that into the baggage or damage or the, the carnage that I have created for those people in my life are also allowed the dignity of their processing time of accepting or not accepting me. You know, and there's that's that, just the harsh reality of life. There's that thing, uh, you know, where we 
have to love everybody, but we don't have to like everybody. And I'm also thinking that if there are people who after that much time cannot be forgiving or at least accepting of a new way of life and can clearly see that you've changed your ways, because from what you have described now and in the past of the way that you were to how you are today, you're vastly two different people. So if they cannot make that shift also, they may not be people that I wanted to participate with in my future anyway. So them keeping us separate may actually be doing me a favor. Can you see that? Absolutely. I have had more than one experience of that being true. And some of that where I started to learn that is when I got myself involved in Al-Anon because, you know, I'm, I'm a multiple winner. So it's like, I've, <laughs> I, uh, you know, I got to, I got to deal with, you know, a lot of different levels of things. And this is what's helped me with more of the family issues or relationships. That's where the Al-Anon program has helped me so much. And that's absolutely detaching with love is a very difficult concept for me, for my alcoholic brain to wrap my head around because to me, it's so incredibly selfish. I, I like what you and Brian were talking about earlier about that, there's a fine line between that, you know, isolation and self-identification uh, and self-research, you know, when you really get down into it. Because in some ways, you have to be inside just yourself to find out who you are within which, you know, to bring into whatever spiritual honesty or however you want to deal with it. You got to go there. But then you also have to bring it back out like the 12 steps, you know, requires or suggests that we, you know, take that and pass it to the next fellow or in, in person to try to, you know, do our part to reach back. You know, you got to give away what you got. Kevin, and explain briefly detachment with love. Well, that's, I don't know. I'm still working on it. You know, I, I, some days I think I do pretty well at it. And other days, you know, my hurt gets in the way and I don't communicate it well. You know, I've had, with the, the toxic relationship I came into, that was a pretty easy one after I got sober enough, after my 90 days, and some clarity started coming back and a little bit of sanity. I realized that, you know, I was being, you know, very damaging to myself, and this person had to go live their path. And, and once that happened, I was free to not live under, you know, the, the falseness of what I created in that situation and was able to see it. But, like, with my family, it's harder. You know, it's... it's uh, they know us, you know, that, that whole acceptance. You said something, too, that, I, that ties in this that I, I really like, you know, which my early sponsors told me. Esteemable acts bring on self-esteem. You know, we, we are, most of us are riddled with no esteem when we come in. How do you get that back? Well, you start doing small things. You know, you make bed, you brush your teeth, you brush your hair, you know, whatever it is. It, it, nothing's too small to start building that back. Well, it's the same thing, you know, like you said, the acceptance of what I, these people may not be good, you know, needed in my life right now for my healthy recovery. That may be true, but it doesn't mean that they may not come back around somewhere down time. the line. Right. And I think the detachment of, with, you know? the detachment with love is us growing enough spiritually to love people unconditionally. We're going to go to Jason in Talm- Tal- Talmadge, Ohio. Jason in Talmadge, Ohio. Welcome Hi, sober Debbie. in the city. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. How are you? I'm good. Thanks. You hear what we're sharing about on this topic, people's perceptions of us, our own perception of us, and do we care? Yeah. You know, listening to the other guys, I, I keep flashing back to my fourth and fifth steps, which are my, my uh, inventory. And it was absolutely riddled with that need that I had for approval and for love from other people. And I had that to the point where 
you know, I'm a, I believe that my perception is my reality. But when I got sober, your perception was my reality. Everything that I identified as self came from other people and their view of me. It was more important to me what you thought of me than the reality. I didn't even know what the reality was. I didn't know me at all. So a lot of this process of working through the steps has really been kind of an introduction to me, getting to know me a little bit. And uh, I'm not nearly as bad a guy as I thought I was. Thank God. (laughs) (laughs) Right? So, yeah, it's it's been a, a... a real process. You know, I've gone from needing other people's approval to probably the level of wanting other people's approval, in all fairness. But I can identify the difference between needs and wants today. And when I start getting into a an unhealthier, uncomfortable place with it, I'm able to take a step back and remind myself that, uh, and that's where this saying comes in, that other people's opinion of me is none of my business. I believe that. I don't think I've got that completely internalized, uh, but I'm able to remind myself of that when it's needed. What do you think about getting to a place of unconditional love? You know, I, what I've found is this, that everything in my sobriety um, really is, is uh, gosh, how would I even put it? I guess uh, my level of spirituality, my level of comfort within myself is directly proportionate to the level that I'm of service to others. And the more that I'm able to be of service to others unconditionally, unconditionally loving them, uh, the, the better I am inside myself. So that's, it, it all kind of ties together for me. You know, really that's where a lot of my focus is right now is, the, um, you know, doing my best to stay out of me and focused on helping others, whether it's in the program or at, you know, it's, uh, it's not necessarily just in, in, in the rooms. I've got a family member who's sick that I've had the, the uh, extreme fortune of being able to be of service to in terms of helping him and, you know, running errands and running back towards the doctor's office, things like that. Uh, that's been huge. It's been a huge benefit for me. And how long are you sober, Jason? Um, I just, I'm the baby of the group today. I've got 15 months. <laughs> oh, congratulations. That's awesome. And can you see how much you have changed with caring about other people's perceptions from when you first walked in the door till now after you've done some work in the program? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, and how does it you know, affect again, not, you? Not that I don't worry about what other people think of me ever at all, um, but I'm able to distinguish between that and the reality. You know, as far as as far as how I've changed my perceptions of myself and others' perceptions of me, I think that's all about action. You know, really, it's um, especially in very early sobriety, my actions were really. You know, my head was going crazy. It, it was still running wild and, and really the only thing I could I could control at all was my actions and not even that all the time um, but that that's the only thing that I've seen really actively change perceptions both in myself and, and in others is, is taking those actions doing the next right thing tell us about some of those actions that you took in early sobriety while your head was still spinning what were some of the things that you did that you think helped you um, yeah, you know, first and foremost, just not drinking or using that, that was the big one, you know, um, again, that, you know, the seeking approval of others thing, um, I gradually started being able to kind of divorce myself from that, you know, not that the thoughts weren't there, but I didn't have to, I didn't feel the need to absolutely change your perception of me. If somebody had a problem with something about me, um, I, you know, I'd take a look at it in case it were something I really needed to work on, and I'd talk to my sponsor about it. But past that point, I, it, it wasn't as critically important to me what someone else thought of me, and, and it's getting less so all the time. And, and like Brian said, I think that's about getting to know yourself. 
you know, if you know yourself and you know who you are and, and, uh, and what you're doing when no one else is around, that goes a long way toward, toward building that self-esteem and, and releasing me from the, that dependence upon others. Jason, did you find yourself trying to like feel like you're in a position of having to explain yourself to people that weren't understanding who you were? Oh, all the time. Yeah, I mean, that was, I devoted my life to that before I got sober. Um, again, you know, others' perception of me really was kind of my whole identity, uh, you know, without... Brian, Kevin, and Jason, thank you for being here with Sober in the City. When we come back, more about changing others' perceptions of you. How do you change your own perception of yourself and how much of it really matters? 800-SOBER-05. Call us now. 800-SOBER-05. Sober in the City will be right back. And just because others don't really know what's in your heart yet doesn't mean that they soon won't. We'll be right back. At Believe Treatment Center, we understand. We understand you are struggling. That's why our treatment nourishes mind, body, and spirit. We understand that recovery works differently for everyone. That's why we design individual treatment programs specifically for you. At Believe Treatment Center, we understand that it's not easy. That's why we offer a comprehensive scope of services, including nutrition, massage, chiropractic, and aftercare for you and even for your family. Believe Treatment Center is a 12-step friendly, state-of-the-art facility located in gorgeous Palm Beach County, Florida. We are experts in all types of addiction and recovery, and we are proud sponsors of Sober in the City. To find out more about our program and how your insurance may cover your treatment, call us today at 1-855-874-2354. That's 855-874-2354. 1-855-874-2354. Or visit BelieveTreatmentCenter.com. Believe Treatment Center. We understand. 